0: Hello and welcome to the next rendition of Working Film Title by NAFCO, our film and artist podcast. Our sponsors today is West PA Systems, your 21st century design-build contractor for your home and business needs, and Dakota, the Dubois Area Council on the Arts. Today, I have for you our guest, Nicholas Anderson. Nicholas Anderson, he is a... He's a musician, he's an athlete, and he is a scholar. Uh welcome Nicholas. How are you? Hi, Barry. <laughs> Thank you. That that is awesome.
1: So shall I just say a little bit about myself?
0: Yeah, sure. Go for it. I mean, you, you, you know, do you want to whatever you want to talk about? Do You want to talk about your music? You, you're a well-rounded guy that has a lot going on in his life. So so that's why and part of it is art. So that's why it's a good idea to you know, that's why we're bringing you on this show. Um, let's start off with 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 your music experience and then we can go into your athletics. I think I think that's that's the best way to do this, because this is more of an art podcast than anything else.
1: Thanks for explaining. So before we touch on athletics, did you notice a shift there? A shift? Or from our
0: how how long did we talk before we press record? Oh, <laughs> we've talked uh for uh about an hour here because okay, yeah. We've we've uh, I've been pushing Nick through all kinds of uh troubleshooting here. And we've given up basically the podcast, you know, our listeners should probably note that our podcast is going to have a whole lot of, of, of added production value. That's going to come out of this through the uh, uh, through basically a whole bunch of digital switchboard work that I'm doing on this new computer that I talked about back in the last episode. Um, and it didn't work. I, I thought I failed. I failed the audience here slightly. But uh, don't have no fear. I'm going to troubleshoot with more people, spend more time on this. But I was going to have audio intros and extras and probably a button bar effects going on. But it's, it's not up yet. But Nick, God bless you, because you managed to sit through an hour of me trying to troubleshoot it and it just wasn't working. So I got to go back to the logic board, do some flow charts and everything uh to make it so basically this digital switchboarding actually works here, but it's um it's a work in progress. Um but thank you Nick for for working with me on all of that.
1: You're welcome. God bless you too, Perry. Thanks.
0: So well, yeah,
1: from here we might as well just say my name's Nick. I'm from Brockway. Graduated from Brockway in 2011. I have a younger brother, Clay. He graduated from Brockway in 2013. I went to Pitt Bradford. I attended there for two years before I transferred to Pitt Greensburg. Graduated as a 2016 graduate. And then from there in 2016, I started playing for the Dubois Stream. And that essentially Help set me up to be able to work with Perry in a way but before we go any further should we just talk about what we talked about in the previous conversation before we pressed record how we talked about Paul for a little while
0: well yeah I mean yeah we can talk about Paul. Paul Paul Butler he's a uh Dubois local I guess did you go to Rockway with Paul didn't he attend Brockway schooling? No, anyway, he was
1: DuBois area. Oh, he was
0: pure he DuBois. Okay, so he, um, Paul Butler is, is a uh, is a DuBois, oh, kind of former resident. He grew, born and raised DuBois man, DuBois, Pennsylvania, and he, uh, he now plays for the New England Patriots. He's a tight end. Um, he's been in the NFL, floating around between, uh. He got, uh, I guess, Oakland. Well, uh, now they're Las Vegas, but the Raiders. It was Oakland at the time. He played for the Raiders. He played for the Lions, and they went back to the Raiders. And now New England Patriots have signed him, which ties into our other podcast, the uh, which was just released the, the same day of this recording here on nine ten twenty. We've just released the new sister podcast that was advertised in this last episode with Paul and the AFC East by NAFCO. And it's out now on Anchor. com or it's anchor.fm Anchor. dot fm slash AFC East NAFCO. And uh, but so he's in the AFC East. It looks like though Paul Butler is considered practice squad though, um, which he's still blessed to be in the NFL. But uh, looks like they've they've moved on after picking their fifty three man roster and uh, didn't select Paul. But what more, Um. but he, did you know him growing up or, or how how did you know Paul? I am trying to remember how exactly Paul was
1: brought to my attention, but somehow Paul either called me or sent a text asking him to play in Brockway Summer League, which is a basketball league that happens each summer, except for this year. This is the first year in the past 11 years that, The Brockway Summer Basketball League didn't happen. We could have had it run this year, but the president of the Brockway Borough, Lisa Viervoort, she said that we had to follow CDC guidelines, and I just didn't want to risk anyone's safety to have our basketball league this summer, so we decided to cancel it this year. But it ended up working out well because the basketball courts are being built in Brockway that are brand new. The old courts are still there, but there are new courts being built, and so... That is actually how I met Paul, was him reaching out to play in Broadway Summer League. And from there, we've interacted through the Dubois stream, because Paul helps out here and there. He threw up the jump ball for a Dubois stream game previously. The Dubois stream's given him shout-outs a few times, and then uh, a couple or a few times, something like that. And then, sorry for the inaccuracy there, but outside of that, I've just seen him at the Dubois area YMCA. I've just talked with him that way. And then being friends with him on faith Facebook, I've been able to follow his career a little bit that way and interact with him here and there. So thankfully he is really welcome to conversation, obviously in a respectable way, but I I've just asked him like, for example, if I was at the Y and I'm like doing sit-ups or whatever type of exercise, as an example, and he's doing exercises and he's on the other side of the gym and I walk by him. He's like, hi, Paul, how are you? <laughs> like, how's, how's football going? And he usually always, yeah, you know, like he'll be like, you know, take his headphones off a little bit and say, Oh yeah, doing well. The one thing that I remember Paul saying that comes to mind that I think is really interesting is he said he loves the rain. I don't, I don't remember why that came up in conversation, but, Maybe he was playing for Seattle or something. I don't know. But somehow that came up in conversation. So I wonder if that's changed or if it's still the same. I don't know. I haven't followed up with him about it since then, but I just thought it was interesting when he said it.
0: Well, I think a tight end would enjoy the rain because you're involved more in the offensive package usually. Uh, Rain, cold, snow, you tend to go with bigger packages, bigger offensive packages. So you're going to have those more, like, jumbo or something where you're going to have multiple tight end looks. And you're also going to any – a lot more – there's going to be a lot more short passes that are, like, quick little either hook routes or cross routes or, or out routes that are to the tight end. Um, that's an interesting
1: way to process that.
0: That in smash be and being out –
1: tight end, being able to block well for, like you're saying, bigger packages that feature running backs. That and could that's be wh- –
0: yeah, exactly, and that's what I was gonna say. That and the smash mouth football becomes more prevalent too, and and you're gonna have the bigger packages with them blocking for the run game as well. So so I think that that might be part of it. Plus, also I myself am somebody that enjoys overcast weather, and or I like like just as a person, I like um, some of my favorite weather is when a warm front's coming through and you have like a whole day where it's just kind of like overcast and like with like a light warm rain in the summer. Um, that's probably my favorite weather type. And I know it's like really opposite of what a lot of people say. Um, but it it just is for me. I don't know. It's just the way I am hardwired.
1: Is that, do you notice that it's less
0: humid when it's in that
1: type of condition?
0: No, because I usually have an air conditioner on, (laughs) uh, in that condition. So I haven't really Bible
1: verse that we were talking about earlier.
0: Uh, you can if that if that makes you feel better. It's not really a religious podcast, but if that's what you want to do, Nick, you can. Thanks. It's Psalm eighteen verses
1: one and two. I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My rock is my my God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold.
0: Well, amen, and thank you for that, Nick. Um, so, what? What? Um, I'm just curious. I, I don't want to talk about it too much because that's not what our audience is usually here for—is is religion. But why? Why do you pick that specific verse today? Well, thanks for saying that.
1: Honestly, I give all the credit to God for that. It's—it's really God who led me to it because I just flipped through the Bible to a random page, and then I just looked at the Bible, and that line looked like it was really good for today's podcast. And I looked like 20 minutes before the podcast, I just flipped open. I was like, well, I'm going to, I, I, I was actually looking for John. And when I was flipping through the pages to get to John, the book just opened up to Psalm and I looked down and I was like, Hmm, Psalm 18. <laughs> and then my eyes glanced on that phrase and I was like, Oh, that's, I like that. <laughs> okay. So then I, that, that's how that came to mind. But the reason I like reading the Bible is just because of the context. Obviously I like stuff like that. Like I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. And it's interesting too, because have you ever seen like uh, on Broadway cable, it's channel 12 and 13, but there's Christian channels on television and, for example, like there was one guy, he came on to a Christian television show, and he just blew a horn and basically said that was what the sound of God sounds like. That's an interesting concept in general, but reflecting back to the Bible, that's just really reassuring to have those types of words to be able to believe in.
0: Okay. Um, and you – you. um you've moved to it sounds to me like a lot of your music has moved to kind of more of a christian base than it was in your youth am i correct like your art has moved to the, in a very christian direction
1: yeah really that is the case and it obviously <laughs> we can give it the credit to god again but it's really just clarity from learning
0: okay I, it, yeah, the experience of life has moved you in that direction. You could say is is one way of one way of putting that. Thanks for summarizing that. Yeah. Well. Um. So your um. So we were talking about the Bois dream. Can you explain to the audience what the Bois dream is? What league they're in? What you know? You know the, the synopsis of the Bois dream. I guess maybe not the history, but like what it is
1: well there's a youtube channel of albert varichella talking about the D-Boys dream which he obviously is the right person to be able to answer that but with that being said the D-Boys dream is just a community-based organization that tries to give back as much as possible and cares about helping people achieve their basketball goals as well as being able to help people with various things that are beneficial for the community to focus on
0: Okay, and the Dubois Dream though, and they are a basketball team though, like yeah, they are a game.
1: semi-professional team. See, like my like my mom, she doesn't really like when I say professional, and like I've heard other people say semi-professional, but I'm obviously praying that the Dubois Dream is able to employ people full time to play professional basketball. But as far as technically is the Dubois Dream semi-professional or professional or however it's classified, that I'm not entirely sure of okay well i, I mean I have the answer to that, but either way, i say pro I, I say it's a pro team now, if that is incorrect and it's semi pro you could have fooled me because i didn't i didn't know otherwise
0: <laughs> yeah, I get you well it's all about i- guess that's up open to a lot of interpretation there um your uh, what league is the Dubois room a part of the p b l so the p b l is a premier basketball league.
1: So that's the actual title of it for your basketball league. So,
0: okay. And where, what region is that covered in? Because this is not just like a one town kind of league. This is like a, tra- a traveling league here.
1: That's a great question. Yeah. So there's four teams from the PBL from this past season, which is season number four of the Dubois Stream franchise, basically. Uh, so t- the Dubois Stream started out as, as a TBT entry. And the TBT is called the it's the basketball tournament, and teams play for it started as a million dollars, and then basically the teams have to be voted in by fans to be able to play in the tournament, and then from there, right after the very first TBT appearance from the Dubois stream, Albert decided to start up the Dubois stream to have their first minor league season, which happened through the winter time basically the months of january through april and that started season one which was in 2016 and 2017 so i started as a dubois stream player in 2016 and 2017 and i played with the dream that year didn't play in season two and didn't play in season three and then tried back out for the team in 2019 which was season four and then I played into 2020, which obviously got cut short because of COVID-19. Well, it wouldn't be obvious for people who may not have already heard of the Du Bois Dream, but our season did get cut short because of COVID-19 and because of trying to finagle through that situation. And then now I'm I'm praying to be able to play my third season with the Dream this year, which would be season five, pending the circumstances. And basically. Uh, in other words, the dream is founded by Albert Barrichello. We became friends in 2010 when he played in Brockway Summer League. That's when I really got to know him and meet him in person and be around him. And he uh, he played college basketball. I played college basketball. We stayed in touch here and there. I really enjoyed following his career. He played a little bit of pro ball in Pittsburgh which I really enjoyed following his career there as much as I could based on the information that was available at the time. And then when I graduated from high school, we stayed in touch. And whenever I found out that his team, the Dubois stream team made it into the TBT tournament, we had a conversation with each other about having a pro team in the wintertime. And I was very interested in playing pro ball. And I told him that I was very interested in playing pro ball. And he made He may have even asked if I was interested in something like that. And so I was really – I'm really thankful that he did it because it gave me an opportunity to be able to live my dream. And from there, I've just been trying to work hard to be able to keep my body in good enough shape to be able to do it.
0: Okay. Now, would you say that your basketball experience (sighs) – How how does your basketball experience affect your art? It must in some way, when you spend that much time and dedication to training and, and preparation to play in a professional league, it must affect your art in some way.
1: Thanks for saying that. So It actually enhances it because all of the exercise really helps my brain think. Sometimes I come up with my favorite ideas or ideas that I really like while I'm exercising. Which is actually really interesting that you asked the question that way because really it's like becoming a certain type of person. So I like routines, but I also don't like routines. I don't know if anyone else can relate to that, but I like knowing that certain things are going to happen each day, but then I also like giving a little bit of time for spontaneous things to happen. So basically, being able to work out and having blocks of time to be able to do that is great because then I can fit music into those exercising regiments to a degree. Like for example, let's say I go downstairs into my basement and I'm training downstairs and I'm going through, let's say I plan for a, between an hour or two hour workout downstairs before I go for a bike ride or go for a jog or go for a walk or mow grass or whatever the case may be. So let's say I go downstairs and I want to lift weights. I want to do like a A five minute ab work and i want to do it like three times or whatever the case may be use resistance bands or use dumbbells you know which would be weights or do like speed training so like a dot drill like high school players may be familiar with a draw dot drill so it's like a like five dots on the floor and it's a jumping series where we jump on the dots and do different footwork drills using those dots to be able to increase speed oh generally speaking So I can have my Bluetooth speaker and I can either listen to Joel Osteen, you know, give a sermon. I can listen to Christ Unveiled Ministries. I can listen to instrumentals. I can listen to other people's music, you know, whatever. the. I can listen to my own music, thankfully. So it's it's awesome being able to exercise while listening to that type of audio, regardless of what it is. Obviously, beneficial things are beneficial. But with that being said, I'm able to stimulate my mind while I'm working out. So I able to send stuff through the Holy Spirit. And it's a really good way to be able to think. And so then when I come back to my music, I'm already thinking about all the stuff I was thinking about while I was exercising or there's been progress from that point forward. So it's helpful either way. And then I just flow in and out of those different activities. So I go right from working out, you know, clean myself up, or, you know, sometimes I'll just go right from working out to a walk, I'll cool down while I'm walking and then, you know, change clothes or whatever is necessary at the time to have good hygiene, obviously, and then, you know, go right into potentially writing music or networking with someone who could potentially collaborate or potentially build a relationship that could that could really produce fruit in a way. <laughs> For for uh, yeah, it's a figure of speech, but but like fruit could be like let's say let's say I'm working out, okay, and I I do uh I do a five minute ab workout, okay. So Joe Wicks he gives great workouts for free on YouTube, and he does them basically every day, so a person can do it live with him, or a person can search him in YouTube and they can find his workouts and they can do his workouts at their own leisure which is great. (laughs) Praise God. That's a blessing that someone really likes doing it that much that they put that online. That's available for anyone as a service for free. That is really a luxury. So let's say I do an ab workout and I get four minutes into the ab workout and my abs are cramping and I can't finish it. But I hear my phone go off and it's a message from Perry. So I look at my phone. I see Perry message me. I message him back. And then I go right back to the workout. My abs are fine. I took a little break. I sent a message back. Now I'm fine. I'm recovered. I go right back into the workout. My phone receives another message. I go over to my phone. I message back. I go right back into my workout. And I just do that for hours and then progress through the rest of my day in a similar fashion. Does that help give clarity on how to sort of merge those different types of skills together and how to practice those skills and how they overlap with each other to help each other.
0: Yeah. 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 I, I, I see where you're going with that. And there's a certain amount of balance. Now you were talking about relationships and, and, and relationships bearing fruit. Now this is where I should probably come clean to our audience that we are looking to do a show here in the near future. Um, am not going to promise any particular dates where we collaborate. I'll, I'll be doing the technical side and you'll be kind of more of the, the face of the show. And we're going to basically be doing a workout, a workout show that's available for free on the Internet. Um, And, you know, so I'm excited about that. Um, We will be announcing, I think, in the future more on this. But that's kind of part of what, you know, why also. So it's going to be a video. And that's part of why we're here today what's your thoughts on that? I'm just going to, I'm just going to ask it like that.
1: My thoughts are, I'm really excited to honestly see what you put together because of obviously you do great work. So should we talk about some of the music videos that you've put together for me that are no longer publicly available
0: and how happy
1: I am with that work? Because that's one of the best experiences I've ever had with, with really any type of of music industry related work is working with guys like you and Craig and Zanna. And I mean, I'm not going to limit it to certain people because I've had a great experience overall. But with that being said, it has been really enjoyable working with film professionals like you and Craig, Chad Bernard, a crackalack, Nicholas Boza from Michigan. (laughs) Like it's just been really a blessing to be able to work with guys like you because I'm not a professional videographer. Yeah. I can use, iMovie and put together (laughs) some emailed clips of highlights from high school and make a YouTube channel you know which is searchable as Nick Anderson with one subscriber so that it's actually a recognizable (laughs) owner that subscribes too
0: (laughs) well uh maybe uh you know we can put that out there what what, what's the link you said exactly to that
1: Nick Anderson
0: just Nick Anderson on YouTube. I can well, send you a copy of the link too. If well, that's, that, that's that's fine, but we'll just let the audience know. Check out Nick Anderson on YouTube. Um, you'll find him and some clips of uh, that he put together. Um, maybe uh, maybe you'll the- get more than one subscriber after this. Thanks, Barry. That is clutch. So, <laughs> so before we
1: progress, may I ask, are you able to edit this? audio clip in any way shape or form like could you fast forward it could you flip the audio backwards can you put reverb on it can you put compression on our our
0: voices or anything like that especially using audacity is that available well yeah to yeah to some extent i haven't really actually used audacity before i'm used to using adobe suite but i currently don't have the uh the suite it's like 30 bucks a month and i don't really want to pay that Um, So I'm trying to convert over to Audacity for just some simple edits to podcasts because actually – spoiler alert to every other – and you might have been able to pick up on it as an audience member. There has not been uh, any edits to these podcasts in the past – on the podcasts that I, I hosted. It's just been purely a click record on Skype and then stop recording on Skype, and that's as far as the edits go. It's just a matter of starting the recording and ending the recording. And then um, – but what I've um, – and that's where you're getting at the fact that I now have my own dang high-powered computer meant for video editing. You're going to be seeing some changes on this podcast of production value. And I'm working also with Ed Frank, so his his the podcast that he hosts as well on this show will um, also be – you know, upgrading in production value here and that that'll happen probably, that, you know, sometime during September here. We're going to be so I, I would look towards uh, late September, or early October to really see these differences come about in a way we were close, we, uh, but come about in a way that's that's uh, uh, audible to the to the audience. Um, we were close today. Almost had some stuff down. We were gonna have some intro, outro music, as I was saying earlier, but it didn't hash out. But y- y'all wait, it'll it'll come later. But now, what? Yes. Yeah, so so what you're asking there? Yeah. No, I have the ability to do some edits here. And and, and as you know, though, I mean, some of my music videos and there's stuff on on PerryFilm.com that people can see, that, uh, not those music videos, but there's plenty of other stuff on perryfilm.com that you all can check out if you want to see some of my stuff I've edited in the past. Um, but, I mean, I've been doing editing since I was, like, 13. It's been, what well, I guess, like, I'm 28 now, so, I don't know, some, something around, that. oh, uh, yeah, 15 years. I've been editing stuff for 15 years now, mostly using the Adobe Suite, so... Yeah, if that answers your question, Nick, I, I think i probably get more than what you bargained for on that. That's awesome that
1: you can manipulate. Yeah, you know, in terms of our recording. Yeah. Nick, you what you're
0: Nick, did you move away from your microphone or something?
1: I set my phone on my keyboard
0: for a while. Okay. It, uh, you sounded quiet there when you came back. You there, Nick? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think there's some issues though. I, I um just some small stuff there. I've been noticing some coming in and out, and I don't think it's your fault. I think you're. I'm guessing that you're probably working with uh, internet over the cell phone signal.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, at least the audience can note that. That's that's the reason that sometimes Nick is kind of coming in and out on the audio tonight. It's just uh it's because he's working with a cell phone signal to connect in with us. For, for this podcast. But um, but moving on, though, what were you trying to say there? Um, you, you were saying something about – what were you saying before I kind of interrupted you there?
1: Well, is there anything you'd like for me to cover?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I guess – well, you already talked about just – well, like, what what has been your experiences working with filmmakers – As a musician, okay, I think that's that's actually one of the biggest things that you can point on because this is primarily a filmmaker-based podcast. We have a lot of actresses and actors that listen to this podcast. What your – actors, actresses, and filmmakers, what we have going on here, um, what you've worked with a lot of – quite a few filmmakers – have you had any, for instance, have you had any any things to watch out for, for any advice to musicians that might be listening, as far as how to go about getting a a, a filmmaker to to work with you on a music video project? Because it's all fine and dandy to work with your you know your best friend on it and have them hold up a cell phone, but it's another level to actually seek out professional help on that. And there's a whole lot of do's and don'ts that go on there what what have you ran into problems that you things that you didn't think were right, and then have you ran into certain things that you thought you know look for this in somebody
1: thanks for saying, okay, so thanks for saying that,
0: so the
1: best way to respond to that is may I paint a picture for you as far as the perfect vision that I believe God's given me for artists to work together. Go for it. Okay, so thank you. (laughs) And thanks for providing the platform to be able to explain this concept. So basically the ideal situation is an artist that has great relationships with everyone Everyone has a great relationship with that particular artist and they each know and believe in each other's talent. And that's why those particular people in this particular situation are working together from the beginning. So then when each person just gives and tries their best to make whatever it is that they're trying to make, whether it's a song, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a video, whether it's a digital billboard, Whatever the case may be, a radio show, whatever the case may be, and they each get to rep they each get to reap the benefits of whatever they as individuals and as a group sow is the best situation because it's natural and it highlights God giving the benefits. so each person is trying their best, which is great because God's going to help them, but then at the end, they get to reap whatever they sow. And God helped them so, and then God's going to give them their benefits accordingly. So that is the ideal situation. Now, obviously, there can be contractual agreements that confirm that. But if each person's already in agreement (laughs) and they're each being honest, truthfully honest, so it's not going to change because the truth is the truth, then that's the best situation to be in. Now, thankfully, like you and I, we've been able to work together and have great working experiences with each other because we're both trying to create the best situation for each other. And we're genuinely doing that. So that is ideal. Same with like Craig and Xana. like Craig, I really believe that his work was worth being compensated. Just like I believe your work's worth being compensated for. So whenever I had the means to be able to create a contract with Craig, which we just did verbal agreements, I paid him what he wanted And he was able to compensate my financial needs and his price based on our conversations, which was great. Because then he was able to meet my needs. I was able to meet his needs. And the content that we created not only was satisfying, but we were thrilled about it. Now, in terms of the evolution from the beginning art, so like the 2016. So we could even go back further, like to the 2015 era where I had my radio Shack mic for $70 dollars and I was putting a t-shirt over top of it and singing into that to record on a friend's MacBook like a rock band so we can date all the way back to then and you know talk about the evolution from writing the very first lyrics that I've ever written originally to you know 200 tries later or 300 tries later or whatever the case may be we don't have to put an exact number but you know, to estimate like you know, it'd be like going out and playing basketball for the very first time ever. Like, okay, I'm I'm touching a basketball for the very first time, I'm going out onto a basketball court for the very first time and I'm throwing the ball up into the air and trying to put it through a metal circle for the very first time and then like fifteen years later doing it with over ten thousand hours of practice and it's just a much different situation in terms of familiarity. Familiarity. So So that's that's sort of how the evolution really really left a an imprint on me in terms of how noticeable that practice can make a difference uh, I'm really thankful that God gave me an opportunity to be able to practice that much at the things that I really like to do like for example like my grandpa he was a really good he he he's a great athlete he's in his 80s but he's still a really in shape person for his age
0: well, didn't you say he played? Uh, didn't you say he played like minor league ball at one point?
1: Well, he tried out for the Pirates on four separate occasions by invitation.
0: Yeah, but by invitation, and that's a separate thing. Yeah, and that, that back in the day, the good old days where you could actually try out for for a major league team, you know? Yeah, what a blessing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because nowadays it's like you have to like prove yourself in some other league. And then you can get kind of invited on to slash con- assign to a minor league team, prove yourselves in the minor leagues, then get moved up to a higher minor league team, at, at, you know, from like maybe starting as Double A, and then you can start, you know, then you can upgrade to Triple A, and then if you do well there, you can upgrade to to the majors. Thanks for
1: yeah. So like a cousin of ours, like Jack Thompson, he's a cousin of Clay and I's. He he also had looks at pro teams and he got invited to some different things like spring training camp and we've talked about it. Like he boxed professionally and played football. Prof he he played football in the military and boxed and things like that. But yeah, it is awesome that people had opportunities to be able to do that. Like for example, here, we can just throw out a hypothetical example. Like Albert and I, we were talking earlier this year when he was hosting his tournament, a champions tournament each Sunday. Well, after one of the tournament of champions tournaments, we were just talking with each other, and before the a plane flew overhead, we 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 brought up like playing in the NBA. I was like, "Oh, like you think if you didn't work as a lawyer, you know, like eight hours a day or however many hours he works. I'm sure it fluctuates a little bit, but who knows." He, he you know he could give a better testimony of that but either way let's say it's 8 hours a day he works as a lawyer so if he was working with a professional trainer in a prof- in a professional facility for that amount of time and then doing his exercising outside of those hours that he normally likes to do and did all of his shooting drills and his ball handling drills and trained people the way that he already does if he did that how good could he be could he play in the NBA so that's why I'm really thankful that I'm able to practice and do what I love to do. It's a, it's a huge sacrifice from the people around me to be able to support me to the point where I can do that right now. Like, for example, I'm not employed by a company right now, so I'm, I don't have any income, zero income. So Mm. for me to be able to eat every day, for me to be able to live every day, I have to be completely, thankful for other people's sacrifices and so i'm thinking of that when i'm training i'm thinking of that when i'm writing music i'm thinking of that when i'm reading the bible i'm thinking of that when i'm when i'm in the shower when i'm laying in bed at night when i wake up in the morning when i'm watching tv when i'm playing video games when i'm talking with people like i'm very aware of it (laughs) very aware of it (laughs) so that is huge motivation but it's a huge source of energy because i i don't want people to sacrifice for my benefit i want to be able to give back to them and so like right now i'm in a situation where like i i'm very much seeking a manager in the music industry because i just don't know how to monetize my talent like i don't know how to do it like i don't want to ask someone to pay me So I'm seeking God because I believe God can give me the financial means that I need to be able to create and complete an album, to be able to release an album, to be able to go on tour, to be able to perform in front of people, to be able to go on to radio shows, to be able to be invited onto a podcast, to be able to do a basketball clinic or to play a basketball season. So the Bible says to prepare for Jesus Christ's second coming. So every day I'm doing what I believe God put in my heart to do, to do what I love and to do it to the very best of my ability. And thankfully, my entire family that is supporting me has bought in to the fact that God's going to help me do this. And so when I do something, whether it's working out or doing music, Piggy, circling back around to that concept, I'm trying my best because I want to be able to Say that I I did my best. I tried I tried my best, and it, it either was what God wanted me to do or it wasn't.
0: Well, that's a good way to look at it because I think that 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 speaks to a lot of the aspiring filmmakers, a, a, any aspiring artists that are listening today, um, in the sense that at least you know you do recognize the good situation that you're in that you're able to. Exists on no income while trying to advance your art and your athletics, and, and I think that those, as you talked here earlier, kind of uh, bounce off of each other. And then also, um, I think that it, it's, but it's also important to note that it, it's about that infinite persistence as well, to, to you know, to keep at it and not give up, and, and that you know you, you recognize the. Uh, All the past attempts, where, you know, where to move on from there, what to, you know, what to do better next time, what to what to drop, you know, and, and just move forward. Yeah,
1: exactly. And I'm really thankful for it, ultimately, because the support, the fact that I'm in such a situation that could it could be looked at as a trial. Well, the Bible talks about trials and the Bible talks about how when a trial comes to welcome it and to be thankful for it, because God's just setting us up. Every trial comes because God knows that when we invite God into the situation, he's going to bring us not only through the situation just for the sake of getting through the situation, he's going to make us literally better people and put us in better situations because of that trial. So that's a huge reason for my faith and why it's grown, is because God keeps bringing me through these trials, and thankfully, the closer I get with him, the closer— Well. It's not really me getting closer with him. It's him getting closer with me because he's given me the information to be able to draw me closer to him. Now, thankfully, he's given me a spirit that doesn't reject him. Like, even sometimes I do feel like, like, oh, that's that's tough sometimes to accept. But then something that God does in my brain or in my soul just allows me to accept god's doing it for our benefit he's doing it for our benefit he's doing it for our benefit just try and accept it and so that's been such a blessing to be able to keep that in mind because like for example how great is the story of it all like okay I walk away from priority communications god leads me to that and the conversation that led to that one of them which was one of the like final conversations of my employment there which was great it was a blessing working there was awesome it was terrific I'd
0: yeah. I, still have it, what's, relationships experience. What's, I just want to touch upon prior communications the company you're talking about that's a uh, Dubois Pennsylvania area radio company that, that actually does um you know traditional radio they have two that's stations correct. connect FM and sunny FM so yeah, anyway I, I just want to t- tell the audience because because there's people that aren't from this area and we technically have an international audience so I just wanted to l- let them know. Thanks. Yeah,
1: Sunny 106, which is actually 106.5 FM, and then Connect FM, which is a news talk radio station. And they also have digital marketing available as well. But with that being said, Lori Lewis, the station manager there at the time, said, Nick, I believe you should just walk away and do what you love to do and just do it by faith. There may be a little bit of paraphrasing there, but that's that's generally what she was saying. Basically, you should follow what you love doing by faith. It's going to work out for you. Well, one of the colleagues there from that time, she texted me recently and said, Nick, whatever you want to do, you're going to succeed in. Well, that's such a blessing. So ultimately, I'm seeking God, Jesus Christ himself. I've called television shows and literally asked to pray and said, like, I've asked, you know, I want to pray for Jesus Christ to be found here on earth. <laughs> you know, cuz like I I really believe he can do anything. So like if he wants to come back right now, he can come back right now. If he wants to come back tomorrow, he can come back tomorrow. Like any like he's alive. It's just you know, like I haven't physically, you know, met him, you know, in person yet. <laughs> but that's how the conversation went in my last day of employment. Which was August 3rd, which is my brother's birthday, which is the same day on the same year that Mac Miller released Swimming, which is an album. And so that was my last day of employment. And I was making music from ID Labs at that time, generally speaking. And so I really felt like at the time, yeah, God's going to lead me through this and it's going to be great. It's going to be better than I could have ever expected. Well, it ended up being that way. But it was just a much, much different route than I had expected at the time. And a lot of things changed from then until now, which I'm really thankful for. And it's been a great learning experience from then until now. So you're welcome to ask any questions about that experience or I can just go further into detail about the changes and how they occurred from then until now in regards to music and basketball and life in general, whatever you want me to.
0: No, I think I'd like you to keep elaborating on that. to go forth
1: thanks so (laughs) the first step was okay well i have this music that's already been released to the public so some of that music included guys like tyree perez linwood randolph marcus salvatore like jake parent i don't really even consider him an artist but he's like one of my favorite (laughs) music artists ever (laughs) if not my favorite (laughs) not not to be biased like i like a lot i like you know i like various music but
0: oh, Yeah, and I had a lot of fun working with Jake Perrin. Uh, he went by J.R. Perrin for his uh, stage name um, for when I worked with you on a couple music videos there. he He's actually uh, – he's, 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 um, his art is actually pretty entertaining as far as his um, – the, it's, it's the poetry that he writes really.
1: But with that being said, how could I get that music? offline okay so like there were some swear words in the music like the lyric like the editing the mixing the mastering it could have just been better like god was putting in my head okay nick this music could be better than what it is right now okay but there's other people that are connected to this work and the majority of the cases involving the music videos involving the audio tracks so how do we get the music offline when do we do it and what does that mean moving forward? So I had to process all of that and try. And so really, I was like, I really don't know what to do. Like, I I have theories of what I could do. I have ideas, but I really don't know for sure what is the what is the factual 100 percent correct thing to do. So that is what really led me to come back to God. So I ended up going to Lane's Moves United Methodist Church, which is a church in Brockport. I went to their Thanksgiving mass. And that was the first time really coming back into the church. And that's actually the church that my brother and I were baptized in back when I was 12 and he was 10 years old. And it was just such a great experience. It was such a powerful experience. It was such an emotional experience. It was such a moment of thankfulness and gratitude. And that was a huge turning point in which I just. Wanted to seek God even more than ever before. And, you know, obviously, you know, I wasn't thinking, you know, I'm seeking God all the time. (laughs) You know, like there was tons of moments where I I was just thinking about everyday tasks. I was thinking about my basketball career. I was thinking about relationships with people. I was thinking about my family. I was thinking about being hungry and what I'm going to eat that night. I wasn't always thinking, you know, I'm trying to seek God and what God wants me to do. All the time, which is, is, you know, obviously thank God for grace and mercy, <laughs> so that we don't, you know, have to feel pressure to do that all of the time. But that's the type of state that I was in, you know, back in like 2017 and 2018, mainly in the fall of 2018. So in the fall of 2018 was when I was going through some trials that I believed God was helping me through, and He did help me through. But I really thought the blessings were we're going to be so abundant it was just going to be like unbelievably abundant and so it did ha- end up happening to a degree but it's just been happening differently than what i expected but it it ended up being more of a networking experience and more of a gradual growth than okay now i have a project that's completely done and it's completely released and now i have a ton of finances and now i'm out touring And I'm working with all kinds of record labels at at no cost to anyone. And they're all extremely willing to work with me. And we're giving back to churches We're we're literally going to church on Sunday and we're literally just giving money back to the people in the church, which is the church. And the people aren't giving money to the churches anymore because now we're giving to the people instead of the people giving to the churches. And things like that, like, like that didn't happen yet, but God's setting us up for blessings that are beyond our expectations. So, even if we have something in mind like that, like, yeah, we come up with something really good, something really beneficial, something that people are really going to appreciate, but God's going to do it even better in reality. So, we have these expectations, but He's going to make a way for it to be even better than what we expect. I'll give you an example of that. So, there was a guy from Pittsburgh, he owns a record label, he works with other record labels him and I just casually started having a conversation with each other, just learning about each other. And he sent me an album that he put together. His name's blaze. And he sent me an album called the ghetto gospel, which is an album that he put together. I listened to it. I sent him back some feedback saying, you know, which songs I preferred and and what I liked about them. And then now like he's sending me instrumentals at no cost to me. And he sent me an instrumental just this week (laughs) that I absolutely love. Now, the title that he sent with it is called On None, like O N Space N O N E, which I thought was interesting. So, it was the second instrumental that I clicked on. So, I listened to it and I was like, I'm not opening another file tonight. Like, I'm writing an entire song to this instrumental right now it was like 11 o'clock at night so my parents are in bed you know sleeping getting ready for work you know i've been working out and things like that throughout the day and <laughs> i wrote an entire song in like an hour and a half thankfully it was effortless it was so fun i didn't even have to sing the words much out loud because i could just hear it in my head so well well the next day i practiced it a couple times i performed it for my dad early in the day like around noon and then <laughs> I mean, he was, he, it seemed like he was pumped. He was excited. And then, so that evening when my mom comes home, she's like, she didn't know anything about it. So I, I told her, you know, hey, mom, you know, this guy from Pittsburgh, you yeah, because I'm telling her about connections, you know, relatively often. And I don't expect her to keep up with all of it, that's for sure. But yeah. thankfully, she does care and she does listen really well. So she's like, yeah, you can show me. So we walked into the dining room where I have some of my studio equipment set up. And, I put the instrumental on and I sing the chorus for her. I sing the whole thing. I sing, you know, both verses and the and the chorus. And I, I explained to her, well, I can sing the chorus a few different ways. Like I can deviate the pitches and sing it a couple different ways. And then it could overlap and create harmony with each other, or I could just sing it these different ways each time the hook comes in. That way it progresses through the song until eventually a climax where they could be overlapped with each other and then she's like well nick how about if you just change the pitch so it goes up at the end and goes down right before the end and i was like i don't really understand how to do that (laughs) so we played it and i was like all right when my mom gives feedback sometimes i like just don't understand what she's trying to explain for me to do and i just give up and i (laughs) and i i never actually accomplish the the change that she's looking for well, this time, for whatever reason, God's like, Nick, just try it. So I sing it again, and I try and just make my voice sound lower at the end. Well, I did it, and it sounded very off tune, to say the least. Well, I try it again. It sounds a little better, but still not quite there. I do it again, and I'm like, I, I sort of didn't think. And then all of a sudden, God's like, Nick, this, the note, the pitch, is going to sound sharp. So, like, I do have a little bit of b- music background from playing a saxophone in middle school. So, like, 6th grade, 7th grade, 8th grade, ninth grade. Well, I quit. I, I, I didn't do it in ninth grade, so I did it 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. And <laughs> so I know a little bit of notes. And yeah, Nick, Nick uh,
0: I was just going to say, my, my, fr- my best friend growing up um, will say to me these days, because we still talk, uh, he'll say that, he references his time as a middle school saxophone player he he says how during during middle school is a weird time in my life i i pretended to play saxophone for 3 years
1: <laughs> that's a great way to explain that Yeah,
0: <laughs> but you did you actually learn you learned more in heated because you you understand how to convert that like what a sharp is into your singing in a way that makes some sense
1: that's a perfect um, way to
0: make that so. but
1: yeah that's exactly what happened is I'm like, maybe that note just needs to be a little sharper. So I just tried it again. And I didn't try and fight with the idea that it was a sharp note. I just tried to sing it in a sharp sounding way. And so I just sang it and it sounded a little better. And I I tried it again and I was like, that's it. That's how to do it. And then my mom was like, okay, well, you went down before the end, but you didn't go up at the end in terms of pitch fluctuation. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. I did I did make the first adjustment, but I didn't make the second adjustment yet. So I made the second adjustment the next try, and it actually surprised me how good it sounded. It surprised me how good it sounded to the point where I actually became quiet. Like, the air stopped coming out of my mouth in mid-singing because I was so surprised at how good it sounded. So then... My mom, like, she sort of cracked a little smile, and I was pumped. And so then I tried singing it again, knowing what that adjustment could sound like. And it was, it was like a revelation type moment. And then at that point, I was like, I really want to record this song. (laughs) You know, my mom, she was, she was really happy for me. So I gave her, I thanked her. Thank God, you know, thank Jesus Christ. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thanks for giving us this moment. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen. Like, stuff like that, you know, just to give them thanks real quick. You know, that's the least we can do. But with that being said, I was just really happy. Because, like, now any engineer could be like, hey, we want to put this song. Because, like, really, it's an instrumental that a guy sent me that is also seeking to be on this song with me. So he, like, let's say he writes one verse and he wants to sing this chorus, okay, because I shared it with him after that moment. Now, like any producer or any series of producers or engineers or rec- whoever wanted to be involved could then help put this song together at no cost to anyone, which is ideal. That's what I'm praying for.
0: Well, and, I- and
1: We could have that work to be able to release to the world and literally be able to reap all of the benefits that God wants us to have. And then we can just move forward to the next awesome project.
0: Okay and what's your what do you exactly mean when you say you've said it multiple times on this podcast and i'm I'm still not a hundred percent sure, even personally what you mean by at no cost to anybody in any way, shape or form when you say that, um, because there is cost to just sort of getting together to to make something um, not you know in the sense of just just the bare cost of of doing that. so how how? do you mean no cost to anybody? What, what context, what, ha, what do you mean by that? Thanks for
1: asking. So that's an absolutely great. That's a fantastic question. So obviously we could talk about costs in terms of time and energy and effort, which would be the non-financial types of costs. Now, the Bible does talk about how God can give back any time that's lost as long as we use it for him and his benefit. So that is that is essentially, that's the paraphrasing of that passage. But with that being said, that takes care of that. And then in terms of the financial transaction, at no cost to anyone would be like how this podcast is set up currently. Like you're donating your time, mm-hmm. your effort, your energy, your resources. Whatever that costs you to start up with, it's already done with, it's over with it's not costing you anything right now in this particular moment to create this content. It's not costing yeah. me anything in this particular moment to create this content. Therefore it's at no cost to either of us. And then the yeah. time that we're spending with each other to create this content, it's all being given back to us from God because we're doing it to benefit God.
0: Okay. Thankfully. And the other thing is, I mean, also we're giving the time to a nonprofit organization as well. Um, the NAFCO, you know, that not, you know, so, so there is that, but I would, I would even say though, there is, there is a cost though literally just running this equipment in the electricity. Um, you know, like I, and I'm not, I'm just having, just not trying to nitpick you here. I'm just saying that even then there's that cost. Now when you get though to a larger thing, like a, like a, a film production or, or a music video production or an audio production, you have the cost of, of physically getting together, you know, there's the vehicular, you know, the travel expenses, maybe room and board mixed in, you know? So, I mean, I, I guess, but you're trying to say zero, it's kind of like you're trying, I think you're trying to say what, what filmmakers, people that are audience, you know, audience members of, of this podcast would be familiar, especially from the Franklin Korea podcast we had back about a month ago. Um, the, Zero budget filmmaking. I guess you're you're thinking of as zero budget audio creation, or just zero budget art making as a whole, um, which I I can get behind that concept where it's basically you know it's a you, you just try to get everything done at, at as little cost as possible, which that's why they call they call it zero budget. Basically, means that it, it's what this is where there's no money put up, nobody's being Nobody's being paid, and um, there's no money directly being put up for this podcast alone. Um, like you said, like like I got this computer. This podcast was a big factor in that, but it's not um, costing me more money to run the computer today, except for the bare electric cost of running that, which is minimal. I'm not going to say that like I'm I'm being charged fifty bucks to run this computer, but you know there there is. Some amount of cost, like if I just went homeless and didn't have uh, any uh, connection here, no no internet connection to, which is a cost um, and I didn't have an electrical connection, electrical hookup, you know I wouldn't be able to do this so so you know it's it's there I guess it's sort of like Zero, but I, I still think that Franklin Korea, the term in his term, zero budget filmmaking, is still inaccurate because even his films usually can even run up to you know still a budget of two hundred dollars maybe or something like that. That's very minimal for for the size of his productions, but it's still a cost. So I guess what's your thoughts on that and the concept of at no cost to anybody? Um, it sounds to me like uh What you really mean by that is as minimal as possible and for everybody involved to donate their time to the project
1: That is definitely one option, and to answer that may I answer it with a question and find out what you yeah think yeah sure yeah well what, what, yeah so the option that you just explained where it'd be minimal costs, but like for example, the electric bill you know is still a bill the internet bill is still a bill. And let's say there's a kitchen in a studio. We're making music and there's food in the refrigerator and people snack. Let's say it's a week long project. Let's say we're making like three albums and we're there for a week. Okay. And we make three albums in a week and people buy food. So like there could be costs from that, but it would be minimal cost for that time span. That would be one way to do it. But then the other way would be, is it possible to have a facility that is operating completely at no cost? So like the electric company, any grocery stores, any gas stations that are involved in any of the participating people and the functions of the facility are completely, excuse me, completely functioning at no cost they're completely donating all of their whatever their services whether that's a product or service they're donating it for the benefit of that situation and all they're receiving is recognition
0: Mm. well i guess basically at that point i would say that you are charging in the sense of you're charging for sponsorship for instance that's a form of recognition but your, it's basically – that's a scratch my back, I'll scratch yours kind of thing um, is what it sounds like. And I've had a lot of those – the nonprofit world, uh, NAFCO has had some arrangements that were sort of in that direction. Uh, frequently, we'll get certain food suppliers to come in, restaurants and such to help us on something. And what they, they do is they, they have us pay the cost of the product but not the cost of labor or profit but the cost of supplies. Um, that's still a cost, but it's, it's something there. I, I don't, I, I think philosophically, maybe that's possible, but at the same time, um, they are still receiving some service, whether or not that's sponsorship or whether or not that, um, that is their uh, there, there's still a benefit coming to them, whether or not it, it because even if these companies do donate, they're still going to file it under a donation to maybe a 501c3, a nonprofit donation of some kind, um, or even a donation to a church that the, an agency might do like this, they're going to end up filing that to Uncle Sam. Then Uncle Sam basically gives them a cut. And so at that point now you're actually costing you're, – you're, you're not really costing the government, but you're, you are kind of like eating into what they would normally take. Now I'm not advocating to pay more taxes – that's definitely the last thing on my agenda. What I'm saying is though is that um, the I, I think it, it's it, it I think it's actually might be impossible to have a situation where it's actually truly zero cost in any direction because because and like for instance if the electric company were to donate the electricity they're gonna either you know they're gonna use that as a write off most likely we're back to that. And if it wasn't a write-off, it would end up being being um, supplied by basically everybody else's bill. For instance, like a shoplifter at a store, not to compare us to shoplifters because nobody would be doing anything illegal here, but if you were to shoplift from a store, that price of that missing item, the shrinkage, ends up in the bill of, of everything else. And that's why you, see, you know, they say how shrinkage actually is calculated in the bills. Um, of, of everybody's so i would say that it's it's very hard for me to, it's, it's at least hard for me to picture i'm open to the concept but it's very hard for me to picture because because of these economic factors why we would have a, a truly zero cost thing unless we were to be uh to completely change society from the ground up to sort of a communal system it would be extremely like it would basically be like a pure socialism system, and um, I, I, I that hasn't been implemented in the history of humanity. Maybe that would be – it could be a good thing. Uh, I'm not saying that it wouldn't be. Um, it's just one of those things that uh, it would I, – I don't see that happening in our lifetimes as far as moving, moving to some like pure socialistic thing that's in – which almost – Kind of gets to almost back to a barter system, though, if you really, you know, remove currency from everything, too. So, so I, um, so from from a lot of fundamental aspects, I'm just not sure, um, the fundamentals of, of, of at no cost to anybody, and that that's why I, I was bringing this up, Nick, is is that's why I was kind of confused about the concept of at no cost to anybody, and maybe you could elaborate. On where maybe maybe you're thinking in some other direction, in where that that operates in that in the Thanks way that. that. I so, think. with you saying that, that
1: logically, I really don't know how to to say anything beyond what you're saying in terms of of creating a way that it could be no cost to anyone in any way, shape, or form. I really don't know how that is possible. But the one thing that did come to mind while you were saying that is. One person could pay for the, for the minimal costs, but then the benefits obviously would just be so much more enormous than the costs that everyone would benefit ultimately from it anyway. So, like for example, like let's say Perry Langille has a giant music recording studio. So you have a giant studio. You've already paid it off, it all it already exists, or let's say you didn't pay it off yet, okay? Let's say it's it's a fifty thousand dollar studio. So you have a fifty thousand dollar studio or a hundred thousand dollar studio and you open it up to any art like let's say you open it up to any artist to be or any engineer or both to come and make work in your studio. Well, then, you could have them come for free, like they wouldn't have to pay anything other than so
0: yeah, are you saying that that is the cost, just even like traveling to be to be there well that that is a cost to somebody somewhere I mean just yeah, i mean that that would be a cost there, yeah, um yeah i mean are are you trying to make the case I guess the question to you then is. How how can one make the case that that is of no cost to anybody um, to even just to travel to something like that?
1: Well, it, it would be no cost if you counted the fact that the profit could be more than the cost. But with that being said, like mm. you said, it is still a cost
0: initially. Yeah, which- that, that's up front. That's capital to have a, a, a gain after putting up capital technically. But, um and that's, uh, and I don't see a problem with that happening. I'm just saying that um, it, it would then you're you're now back in a a capitalistic system where it it t- takes money to make money, or it takes takes it takes cost to produce more value than that cost that you put into something, whether or not that's now, like, money or if that's just energy or
1: thanks for saying that perry i'm sorry for interrupting you but that's okay okay so here's an example of how it could be no cost to anyone let's say there's already a studio it's already paid for somebody else already built it okay so like let's say we inherit it basically so like god led someone else to pay for it it already exists sort of like jesus dying on a cross so like it's already been paid for it already exists but then we get to use it. Let's say we walk there to the studio. Well, then if we walk there, it's no cost. It does cost our energy though. So if we count mm-hmm. that as a cost, then it is a cost.
0: Yeah. Cause you had to buy food to supply the energy. Yeah. I mean that that's you're back to that. I mean, it, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you, you are um, making the cost less in the sense that you're not paying for the energy to move an entire vehicle to that location. But it, you know that, that there still is, is that cost, and then also the donation of time is a cost. Like I consider what you're doing right now to be not no cost, but very extremely low cost for you to be on this podcast right now. You are using energy provided by somebody that you know was able to you know get you you food and such, and then there's still some, you know some electricity for your phone and everything, and there's probably a phone bill to get you onto the, the cell phone network and, and all that stuff. So, and I thank you for, though, for putting up that cost and that, and that effort and, and your time to be with me today. I'm just saying that I, I do think that even yourself right now, there is a cost to this, but it, it is extremely small because like you were probably already going to pay that, that cell phone bill and you were already going to eat that meal. You know, and you were you can make the case that you're already going to live this moment in time. Um, so that and that's where it, and and you could even make the case that it's a time spent might not even be a cost, especially if you put the idea um, of of especially like considering biblically, there's some schools of thought there that you um, that fate, you know, it's God's plan for you to be here, and that this is the period of time for you to be existing in this conversation right now. So, thanks,
1: God. thanks Barry. Are you so are you thinking? I'm thinking about Jesus and the Bible and costs.
0: Oh, I can see what you're saying there. That, that, uh, I, I, I think that that was interesting though to to tie that in. To economics, because really this is this is an economic and art discussion we're having about zero budget filmmaking. But I can see where you're going at with the capital. Uh, this is really weird to go in this direction, but the 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 capital being put up of 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 bearing sin that you could say that Jesus went through and died on the cross for. And, uh, and and I'm not not a um, b- biblical scholar, so I could be um, flubbing some of this, and feel free to correct me, but it sounds to me like you just made the case earlier that, that Jesus died for our sins, and so you have a uh, man that uh, – well, Jesus dying on the cross and thus putting up the capital for, I guess, the sins of humanity – to and I, this is going to sound messed up but i guess uh the sins of humanity to exist in the future to be forgiven uh for the i guess the past and the future um and that, that was like startup capital for society and christianity as a whole i i would say maybe is that the argument you were kind of I, I i think i might be flubbing the way i'm describing this a little bit But is that that kind of the case you're making there?
1: You described that really well. And Jesus can do anything. And so I'm just really thankful that he did do what he did for us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Now, this is actually I'm just going to ask the question because I was just saying it and this is going to be. Kind of weird, but I I, I want an honest answer, and this is an honest question that might sound like it's not an honest question, but it totally is. The concept of Jesus died for our sins, does that now mean any sin is forgiven so everybody go to Las Vegas and sin away? Because I don't believe that that's what you believe. I'm curious, just because we said that the Sarp Capital has already been put up for this – so it'd be of, of of a very zero low budget um, cost for Las Vegas to exist, for instance. Is that then how you read into the Bible? And I, I'm not am I'm trying to put words in your mouth. I'm just asking this kind of tough question here.
1: Well, that is that is a really difficult question to answer. But with that being said, okay. So beyond Jesus dying for our sins a a story did come to mind or an example that could help us potentially come to the answer so let's say there's a a smart way to do something and a not so smart way to do something like let's say we want to put together a project and we all want to do it at minimal cost for each other because it benefits each other and we're doing it because it glorifies God i don't want you to pay i want you to receive benefits So I want you to have minimal costs. So if that's possible, if you can have minimal costs, if there is a minimal cost, I want you to have that minimal cost. And I want you to have maximum benefits. So I want to put you, I want to help you become in a situation where you have minimal costs and maximum benefits. So to answer your question, let's say everyone tries to seek the minimal cost for everyone, including themselves. And seeks God's wisdom to do that. Then we're all going to end up being in a really good place. Because then we won't have any guilt. Because we tried our best. And we're still trying our best to do that. Because each moment through progression we're still seeking God's best way to do it. But then with that being said we're not putting pressure on ourselves saying hey you know like we have to do this right. We have to do this correctly. But we're trying to. We're still trying to, but we're just not putting any pressure on ourselves to do it.
0: Hmm. I guess I actually, and, and that was, I see what you, why you meant that towards the question I asked. It, it was like you you did answer it in an indirect way. It's like you're trying to say that we don't have the pressure to perform perfectly is the theory of Jesus dying for our sins. It's that you're I'm I'm actually asking this question because I've wondered this for a long time. So you're saying that it's that we don't have the pressure to perform our lives perfectly but that you know we still have if it's still the obligation though to try to live the best life you can because like there's a reason I still believe in in uh, like I said that and I do believe I said what I said earlier but I was going to also Say that I do believe in personal responsibility. I don't think that, you know, I should be just running around doing hard drugs all the time and, 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 and like having sex with all kinds of random women. I think that you do need to have some personal responsibility with your life. Um, and, and, because there are ways that your life can end up with problems. Now, that can go into the filmmaking world where you have irresponsible filmmakers or, or, or musician or any kind of artist, that, you know, maybe they, their sin, you could say is promising too much to people with no foundation to where they're going with that. That's a common theme with filmmakers. Uh, I know that I, I've touched upon it with several filmmakers here. And, and as well as I know, Ed Frank touched upon that with, uh, with, uh, Jess Paul, um, In that podcast, she brought it up herself that there's people that do things in an inappropriate way, she said, but she said not in a Me Too kind of sense, in the sense that they will put forth expectations for people that don't exist, and it's almost like a form of greed. I guess that what it is is greed. It's like a mental greed that they put out there. And then one could make the case that God is then punishing them by making making them more grounded after the fact of giving them the trial of having a production collapse on them uh, because they didn't set it up properly and they did it in a greedy way. Thanks for um, explaining
1: that. That's a good example to explain how God helps us grow. So – That's why seeking God is important. It really glorifies God the entire time. And so by us seeking God, it's only going to help us. So he wants us to live an abundant life. Pastors say that. People say that, which is great. But it's important that people realize that that is the actual truth. So when we seek God, we're actually seeking what he wants to give us already. So it'd be like, it'd be like you being like, Hey, Nick, I want you to come on a podcast. It's going to be really sweet. Do you want to come do it? Well, I have an option then. It's like, yeah, Perry, I'll do it. Or no Perry, I don't want to do it. Well, like if I don't do it, then what else (laughs) am I going to do? So that's, that's just like, like when God's like, Hey, Nick, I put in your heart, I think these swear words in your music, Like, you get a bad feeling. Like, when I played my music in front of my grandparents, I didn't feel happy about it. I didn't feel happy about my music. I felt guilty. I felt like I wanted the words to be removed. I wanted to be defensive. I wanted to say, oh, well, you know, it just isn't mixed well enough. You know, like, oh, we can take those words out or, you know, like, things like that. As soon as that stuff started creeping into my mind, I started realizing immediately I need to take that stuff offline. I need to fix that music because it needs to be fixed. I I don't feel happy with the music the way that it is. I don't feel happy with that particular language. I don't don't like that. And so I know that God, he's like, Nick, I love you. I don't want you doing that stuff. So I know that what God's putting in my soul, it's genuine. So it was immediate. Okay, I'm going to make the changes. Now it's, okay, what's that mean moving forward? So then... It's like, okay, well, he's not doing it because he wants to hurt me. He's doing it because he's setting me up. So he's not just setting me up for anything. He's setting me up for blessings. (laughs) So by doing it, it just got me to the net. And when I say doing it, I mean removing my music from online and then coming back to the drawing board and doing it from a place of seeking him and his goodness and what he wants for me and my career. But more importantly than that, for the people in my life and for God himself, what can I do to glorify him for helping me? What can I glorify my parents for their sacrifices? What can I glorify my friends and my grand? How do I glorify God in a way that's going to benefit the people that I care about, which okay. is everyone, which is all people? So in all life in general, like a possum in front of my car last night by my grandparents' house, I care about that possum. I asked my grandpa today, hey, grandpa, did you see that possum last night? He's like, oh, no, I didn't see it. He said... <laughs> did your lights shine on it? Did it start running when your lights shine on it? Yeah. Because yeah. it doesn't like the light. So That that was a really awesome experience for us to be able to share it with each other. But if all of these trials that God's helped me through, if he didn't bring me through those trials, I may have never been at that spot at that exact same time to be able to see that blossom, to have that conversation with my grandpa today. So it's all a blessing. It's just how we receive it and how thankful f- we are for it and we can pray obviously that God helps us with it and amen to that i pray that he helps all people with it because we need it the point of the savior is is a savior saves us like god didn't say in the bible okay everyone you're going to do all the right stuff and you're going to save jesus that's not that's not what it says but jesus saves us think about when jesus comes back okay let's say jesus comes back today or tomorrow or a year from now well then think of how much appreciation we should have for him how much love we should have for him how much we should embrace him that he can do anything and that he's done all the stuff that he's already done for us and we can be thankful and pray that he loves us as much as he always has and that none of our (laughs) our flaws or any of our mishaps or any of our decisions have bothered him because why not? Why not try and live a life that helps make Jesus happy. Jesus should be happy. Think of all the stuff that he's done. We should be doing stuff to try and make him happy. Like I want Jesus to be happy. I want Jesus to be pumped. I want every song that I make. I want him to be pumped about it. I want him to be like, yo, Nick, that that's what I made you for. (laughs) Like Perry, you put that podcast together. That is sweet. I want Jesus to be pumped that Perry came up with a podcast that glorifies him. I want him to be pumped that Ed Frank does his film and is able to glorify God because of it. And he's able to bring happiness to people through it. And that's that's really important to keep in mind. We can obviously sift through that in any way, shape, or form. You're welcome to
0: well <laughs> to add yeah, on to that any way that yeah. you'd like. Yeah, well, um, I, I actually want to go back since since you, you did bring it up twice in this podcast and we haven't really elaborated on it. Um, I've elaborated in the podcast that featured me actually. It was Ed Prink interviewing myself, and I sent you that link to that one point. You pro, and, and it's okay if you have or haven't listened to it, but I did reference the fact that you had a major effort back about a year ago. I believe it was approximately a year ago that you were um, – trying to get all your content offline. Now that did affect me because, and I was very opposed to it and you know that. Um, so, so you're not hearing anything you don't know. Um, but the thing is though, is that cause it's two schools of thought. I have the school of thought that, that an artist should have their art out there for all to see, even when they make blunders and, and when it, when it's like kind of like, if you thought you were proud of it at one point point that it should just stay and exist. Even a future you didn't like that art. Maybe it should just stay and remain and be a recording that just kind of exists in the ether of, of human existence as something that you created. And I think that um, it's one of those things where where I, I believe that, that there was a reason that was made to begin with and that it reflects upon you at that time. And maybe it's a different you now. But that's why artists have new albums that come out, for instance, and, and the sound is changed of that artist throughout, and that, that's reflective on the new the times that they are in, as well as their personal experiences and, and, and all kinds of subtle details. Maybe it's even a reflection of, of a growing work ethic or something of that form, thus you might see like a higher production value, um, or it's a reflection on them receiving more funding, or it's a reflection on them having philosophical differences. Um, And I think, though, that, I I mean, I I do believe still to this day, Nick, that you should have left that content up. Now, I'm curious, what was, so your logic, you did just explain your logic to why you wanted that down. I, I, I actually, I fully understand where you're coming from. My response to that, though, as far as myself, my personal response would have been to just make, new content that then feeds that new you. Um, and that that's how I would have gone about it. I wouldn't have gone in the taking down order of things. Now, I did cooperate with you eventually after much talking. I, I respected your thoughts. I mean, you were the one that, that made the the foundation to the art that had my art kind of laid on top of it in the form of the, the video corresponding to your music. Now your um what was the process though so because i guess we already have have your school of thought i mean why so i guess i have two questions so why did you choose to take the route of taking it down versus leaving it up and then the other question is um what was the process that you went through to take the videos down did everybody cooperate um and how how easy was it to get cooperation to take down your content um i know with me i had some bucking but within a few days i agreed to take it down now you know did that go that way with everybody or how did it go and also you know what what is your logic to going this route of taking it down
1: Okay, thanks. So I'll try and answer your question as quickly as possible. So there's actually a guy coming. He's a, he's actually a great, talented landscaper and a worker. Uh, Angie Ginevro. He has a landscaping business, but he's a jack of all trades, practically, for lack of a better term. Like he just installed a furnace here in our house, and so we need to move a couch out of my basement. So with that being said, they are looking for my help. So I am going to need to help them move that out of my basement.
0: Okay. so I'll well, try you, can, you can, you can. Answer this quickly and then we'll kind of move to shutting down the, uh, you know, move to exiting out of the podcast here shortly here after we talk, discuss this briefly.
1: Thanks, Perry. So that's a great question. Obviously, like you said, I did elaborate on that previously, but to try and clarify it a little bit more simply. The work that existed, obviously, I wasn't really happy about it being online. Because I, I wasn't really completely satisfied with the content the way that it was. And so not only was I not satisfied with the content the way that it was, because, you know, like a little bit of me was satisfied with it. But I just knew in my heart that God was saying, Nick, you can make the same work way better. It's not that hard to make it that much better. All you got to do is just delete a couple swear words out of the audio. I You know, you can just add a little bit of mixing and mastering to each audio stream. We could even tweak up the videos you know obviously throughout time things and improvement like improvements adjustments they become evident thankfully and so we can adjust and just make that exact same content very similar to what it already is but just much better it's sort of like okay well you have a car the car is really nice but a new car comes out and it's the same car it's built the same way but it just has better features it has more features so like Let's say, let's say a, a let's say a, a Grand Prix comes out, a Pontiac Grand Prix, and it only has a cassette player. But then the exact same car comes along, and there's a CD player in it, and there's a cassette player, and there's an aux cord, and there's an air conditioner, and there's a heater, <laughs> and there's an extra cup holder, and there's an extra cup holder in the back, and there's extra padding on the seats. Like, you know, maybe the sun visor is a little bit better maybe the the uh, the actual frame and the actual engine is built with better metal and better parts but it's the exact same car it's built the exact same shape it's very similar it's just better so it may it, it, it may even have better gas mileage but it's the exact same it's the exact same model so With that being said, that's essentially what this music's like. It's like, yeah, let's keep the exact same stuff, but let's just make it better. Let's just take out the swear words. Let's just mix it better. Let's master it better. Maybe even add a background vocal or two. And then, you know, even potentially tweak the video, and then, boom, release it again. And then we already have that music that's basically already done. It just needs some tweaks. And then... We can add new stuff to it, so like let's say there's you know, like before I released seven songs that was made from that were made from ID Labs recording studio. so let's say let's say we have those seven songs, but then let's say we add ten songs to it. Well, then we could just release that as one giant project. We don't have to you know only release those seven. So that's just an idea to explain the type of vision that God was giving me and why I did what I did seeing the benefits, understanding the benefits and just understanding, okay, well it does sort of hurt a little bit, you know, it's sort of difficult to, to take this music away from people, even like a guy like you who likes the music, you know, like a part of me likes the music too, but to take it away from being publicly available was a very difficult decision because it did hurt me in a little bit of a way, but I just trusted God that mercy would come that it could come and that it did come, and it thankfully did, and thankfully, God's blessings are coming because of it. So with that sh- small little sacrifice, there's just so many blessings that are arising from it, and I'm really thankful for that. Does that answer your question specifically enough?
0: Yeah, that that answers that part of the question. Um, I and and, and just a small rebuttal though, in in my school of thought to that, is that when when GM releases the new new Pontiac Grand Prix. Uh, the, the, they don't take last year's model off the road. And that's, that's just all I have to say, say for that. I understand your analogy. I see where you're coming from. I'm just giving you the, you know, the other side of that rope is, is, in, my, in my school of thought with that is that you keep, you, you know, that, that car still exists. And that's why you see all these old cars still on the road. And they represent a different time where thing, things were just different. But I, I, I do respect your opinion on that, and that's why we still do work together. Uh, it's just a different school of thought. Now, I'm the, the, the next little last bit that I wanted to you know still answer here is how was everybody in that process? Are there people that refused to talk to you after that, or did everybody just forgive you and move on, or was there a lot of bucking, or did people just kind of like delete it and then ghost you after, or did they – delete it and then like me i delete it and we're still talking on this podcast right now how did it go uh with the filmmakers that you were involved with thanks be to god it's it's been it's been a great experience everyone's been really
1: receptive but i will ask is it all right if we add on to that in our next episode
0: well yeah okay <laughs> sure Um, but yeah, so you you got to get going. I I get you. You got to get going. So, um, but anyway, so I'll close it out here. Uh, what, is there any place where you want people to reach out to you? Like, as far as, you know, you, you said Nick Anderson, YouTube, Nick Anderson, uh, search, search for that. Is there any other place, like, is there a Twitter or is there a Facebook where you'd like for, if, if anybody wants to reach out to you, say a manager or anybody?
1: Facebook's a great way for people to contact me. You're welcome to message me any time of the day or night. And I'm, like like we already said through the podcast, obviously, I'm, I'm seeking management. So that's definitely welcome. People are welcome to send a message with any information that they have that may help. Thanks, Perry. This has been really helpful.
0: All right. Thank you, Nick. And then thank you for coming on. Uh, this has been Working Film Title by NAFCO. Uh, we're sponsored by the West PA Systems, your 21st century design build contractor for your home and business needs, and Dakota, the Dubois Area Council on the Arts. Have a good one, Nick. Thanks, Perry. God bless you. Thanks.